Welcome back to an all-new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where it's death. What do you know about death? <laughs> Not just a clever a Matrix reference, also a band reference. That's right, Children of Bodom starting for the win, but before we get into that, I am Super Metal Brother Matt. That makes me Super Brother Dan. We are the Super Metal Brothers, thanks guys for tuning in today for this week's podcast, and what a week we've had in metal, Danny. The biggest news story, which we're going to cover in our feature presentation, that was the Grammys. Mm. A lot of drama, more than what would happen on Jerry Springer, and I don't say that too lightly, much like Spring- Jerry Springer's guests, I'd imagine. True that, but there were no fights, so they did keep it clean. They kept it above the well belt, you know, no, no vicious slurs or eye contact, like eye gouging. So it was, it was all, it was all pleasant, unfortunately. Yeah, all the chairs are actually in the neutral position where a chair normally likes to lay dormant. But uh, enough about that. We need to talk about that later. You know, we're here to talk about uh, the week that's been with some. You know, we're going to talk about uh, bands that need screaming vocals. We're going to review the latest Balfour album, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Black Serpent Rising, which is a uh, Got a lot, another black and death metal record for us. They're going to keep coming, guys, so yeah. uh, get used to it. I think it's a bit redundant. They have black in their title. I was like, yeah, we know it's black metal. <laughs> Just you don't have to reset it to us. It's got to be like yellow unicorn sleeping. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, first, guys, let's talk the news. Straight off the bat, Chris Barnes said he quit Cannibal Corpse because they ridiculed him, Danny, a death metal band. And if you know anything about Cannibal Corpse, anything you need to know is basically there is no topic they don't sing about. And it relates around gore, murdering people, you know, doing things to their parts because they're not going to need it. They're dead. So why not try to have sex with them? Exactly right. Look at any of their, um, I guess, cover artworks and they'll kind of paint you a I say pretty picture, but I paint you a picture of what they're trying a to do. <laughs> a lot of red involved. A lot of red, a lot of red crayon just go, ah. Yeah, I haven't seen enough red like that since the 40s in Germany, but uh, enough about that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, remember that Sonic Adventures cartoon when everything was just painted red backdrop? Oh, and it caned your eyes. Yeah, that's exactly right. But this is the weirdest thing. This is a death metal band, and this is a vocalist saying that uh, he was ridiculed too much, and that forced him to leave. Now, did you get to read much of the article, Danny? I only read the part where they talk about the potential of them going back together again and he really doubts it. So I read that part of it. Well, I did, you know, two minutes of research, much like what they probably do on the project on Channel 10. And I actually did some homework. I went to Wikipedia because, you know, isn't that where everyone goes for a reliable source of information? That a boy. What they were saying, apparently, is that um, he didn't leave the band. He didn't quit. He was forced out. The band actually kicked him out, and he and uh, at the time, Chris Barnes was very proud of what he did because, you know, he felt like at the time, he got helped Cannibal Corpse get to world domination, which they certainly did, you know. Um, we wouldn't display their cover arts here, so they were doing well by our senses, you know. Um, but uh, he felt like he couldn't write the way he wanted to, so he got into suicide silence. We need to find out what's going on, Danny. We need someone to find the truth, Danny. And I'm pretty lazy, so I'm kind of hoping you could do that. Jeez, I'm really poor, so I was hoping some of the funds could do that. <laughs> All right, fans, we need to know if you guys could get Chris Barnes involved and get him to, to come on our show, um, you know, we can find out once and for all. Uh, until then, we can imagine the best story outcome. Was he kicked out, Danny, or was he, uh, did he leave on his own accord? Well, I just don't... It's a funny story. He's saying, you know, he was being mocked and ridiculed, but I thought that's what he's supposed to do, metal singers, because it becomes more angry and more antsy. So when they sing, it's actually more like, 
genuine and believable. Yeah, they just was probably going him in a space. If they knew they was hurting his feelings, they'd probably be like, oh, dude, it's not that big of a deal, you know? Let's yeah. play cards or something, you know? Maybe it's a problem. Maybe like they got really upset and angry. He went into recording studio, did a song, and before he let, before he come back to them and so they got apologize, he just leaves. Like, oh, he keeps missing the apology, man. Yeah, I'd imagine it was a bit more like this. He got into a, like a studio room and he's like, okay, this is going to be called... Um, having sex with four nuns uh, in a burning cremation of their own feces, right? And then he gets in there and he starts singing the song. It's like, the guitarist is a dick. That drummer is such an asshole. I'm not fat. These dreads are... <laughs> like, ah, I think you need to go, buddy. <laughs> maybe that's what... Yeah, maybe that hammer smash face was just about like him getting angry at the band. <laughs> I have a hammer in my desk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least the positives, he was in the uh, Ace Ventura movie, so that was a positive. Absolutely. He got immortalized from Jim Carrey as well and, uh, what a movie that was you know funny as all hell but we're here to talk about some more great news and Danny you'd be happy to know that there's another black and death metal band releasing a CD this year we get to review yeah that's that was top of my list when I was <laughs> at was it 12 no 11 59 59 seconds on December 31st I was saying you know what my news resolution is to listen to more black and death or death and black what? or black and black and death <laughs> or death and black and death and black I'm glad Danny said that because oh. as you guys have noticed from me listening to this podcast, and if you have, oh my God, like, thank you so much, you know, um, I chase a certain sound, like, it's a bit like uh, how heroin addicts uh, chase, you know, that next score on the street. I like to go around to different artists and like, have you got any, uh, you got any blast beats, man? <laughs> like, like, scratch my neck. Oh, has it got any keyboards underneath it with like really heavy guitars? And then, no, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, and then I just like get rid of them like a Love Valley member that can't uh, give me the 30 bucks. So... You know, that's what I'm looking for. And hey, bring it. You know, um, very clean. You know, some people believe they got ripped off. They ripped off Behemoth. But I'm like, if you rip off a really good band like that, who gives a shit? It's like more awesome, really. It's actually not a bad thing to rip off bands like that because those bands are starting to go away from their natural sound. So you actually keep their natural sound and gather their old uh, followers and old fans into your sound. So it's actually clever, um, clever it marketing. It is. And could you imagine, right, you went to a birthday party, right, and uh, the guy comes to your birthday party and says, look, I didn't get the one from the cheesecake shop you like because they were closed, but I found another place which actually makes chocolate cheesecake, right? And it's exactly the same ingredients and it looks exactly the same and it tastes just a bit better. You'd be like, nah. Like, who would be so stupid? And people do that with, with, with metal. They're like, oh, if it sounds like Behemoth, well, Behemoth do Behemoth. I'm like, dude, who cares? More cool riffs. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, as long eat as more not, chocolate cake. Eat more chocolate cakes are positive. As long as it's not exactly the same. Like, what are you saying? That's just like the Demigod album. Literally, <laughs> no for <laughs> no. No, no, no. We put track five, track six. That's it's like bringing different. two chocolate cakes to the same party. And it's like, oh, yeah, dude. And but it's, someone's a dick about it. And someone said, oh, this is from me. But then the other person's like, no, nah, they're both from me. Like, no, nah, you're obviously a dick, man. You know? Yeah. So you don't want to do that. That's that's not cool. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit about it. Uh, apparently, they've got the uh, a depiction of a Nighthawk on it. And this is really good because it's pre-Christian uh, times. It's about, uh, you know, bringing the souls to this world and taking them away from the dying people. Big numbers searching for long hours. You know, it's like a messenger of death. So they're keeping this black and death thing going on. The thing just in the cover artwork. It's, uh, God, it's going to be excited, Danny. That's great, man. You seem really happy and excited about all these things. I have a feeling we're not reviewing it. <laughs> death and despair is like Viagra, man. I just can't get enough of it, man. It's like, it gets me gone. So we move on to getting another thing that's... Uh, should be hard, but isn't, is um, Mick Thompson's neck. Apparently, his spinal cord, just like his fellow band members, is going haywire. He's going to need surgery, Danny. Yeah, I think he's had the surgery, and they've, I think, fused bones together, or they've insert plates, etc., on his neck, which makes him the third Slipknot member to have the so-called surgery. Is this kind of like the price you need to pay for headbanging? It's kind of like, look, you know, we know you're a serious headbanger. You've been into surgery. 
props to you. Yep. I, I mean, mean the walking it. thing might become a problem and you know all that kind of stuff, but wow, what a way to go, right? Exactly right. And these guys, they're they're going to be like um, I need to be only about bend from the hip. So yeah. I don't know whatever. What, what's something that only bends from the hip? Uh, so, grandma. No, nah, they're going to be like those drinking those drinking birds. You know, only drink water. They're going to like move. But from grandma the doesn't waist. have a drinking bird, Danny. Yeah, get off grandma. <laughs> so I'm saying. <laughs> Nah, so those drinky birds only bend from the hip. That's what these guys will be like because they yeah. will have no necks after this. Yeah, they'll probably just get like a device that like turns them forwards and downwards. It's like one of those pendulum things. Hey, it's it's, it's going to save your, your musician. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really sad for him, man. It really sucks. Yeah, it's so always be careful out there and I stretch before you play, I guess. Yeah. We want to talk about now Suicide Silence Frontman. Uh, there's actually a bit of to and fro. Well, maybe some mostly a fro from Suicide Silence, but it's Thy uh, Art is Murder and Suicide Silence in the mix of it. And we're happy because Thy Art is Murder is the Australian guy. So do we naturally side with the home team, Denny, the underdogs? Or because uh, we know really nothing about this, we just sit on the sidelines. Uh, no, they are the underdogs and they're the home team. So you really can't go for the, um, the other opposition. Okay, so here's why we should like Thy Art, uh, sorry, yeah, Thy, uh, Thy Art is Murder. This is why we should like Thy Art is Murder and not like Suicide Silence, right? Suicide Silence now come under a lot of heat from listening to us over the last couple of weeks. You've actually found out that Suicide Silence got a lot of heat. They bring in, as a death metal band, bring in clean vocals, very polarizing, you know, extreme metal heads want, you know, clean vocals as much as they want, you know, nails on their, you know, cheesecake. So you gotta be very careful. Um, they got ridiculed for it and they take it mostly in their stride. You know, they're kind of like, hey, look, we're still getting, you know, positive vibes coming our way, you know? But then you get a shot at Thyatis Metal saying, well, if you're gonna just redo the same Deathcore album, you're gonna be like basically the death of metal, you know, rah, 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 the death of Deathcore. Um, Thyatis Murder come out and said, uh, well, you know, that's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna do clean singing. You know, we're not clean singing band. If we're gonna do clean singing, we're gonna change the name. Danny, the is murder. Do they win one nil, put one pass, or is it more like four nil, like PSG in Barcelona style? Yeah, this is this is like that desperate power play, like how Mary moved that suicide silence. They've kind of dug themselves into a hole and saying, "We need a ladder to get out of this. Maybe if we throw the ladder, the is murder, and drag him down with us, all the attention goes off us and get half goes into them, like saying they they they're doing what's wrong, so we decide to do something different." But yeah, because that is murder now. Look even more brittle. They're like, "We're not yeah. doing that shit. That's that's lame." Yeah. Like. Pff. Losers and like, they're like, yeah, fans are like, yeah, yeah, that is lame. Like, we don't want get, you know, and then they went on to attack, you know, the, the label like last week. They they destroyed everyone, yeah, that's true. I mean, but the singer, he, I, think, I can't remember who attacked Lars Murder, but the other one, I think, actually, no, the singer was the guy who stuffed. He started to take it as in, like, he's accepting, like, you know, when you go through grievance, it's like, you know, you get anger and hatred and bartering and finally acceptance. It sounded like the first part of the interview, he sounded like acceptance. He's like, yeah, people are going to be that way, yeah, da da da. But then at the end, he got into, like, anger again. He's like, no, actually, no, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't missed the anger stage. I'm going back to the anger stage. It all came up. Maybe the way the, like, presenter or the guy kind of the conversation looked at him, and he's like, you're not metal. He's like, oh, I am metal. Look at this, man. Yeah, yeah, twitches and he just snaps. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't think it was right to throw the artist metal under the bus. I mean, uh, I don't know who really was first, because I didn't do that much work on it. But, um, but then at the end of the day, um, you know, suicide science would do themselves a favor by kind of like this kind of, or maybe they're doing themselves a favor by getting more attention, being a negative press onto it and trying to get more of those people who are non-extreme to follow it. It's like, let's see, we're not like a death metal album, but you know, um, that time will tell, I guess. Yeah, very soon. Was it next week? I think it comes out the album or early March, late February. We're going to have to review so, it. Mm. And, but that brings me to the next segment of the show. It's a new segment. It's called Bands That Need Screaming Vocals, Danny. 
Yeah. So we went to our fans. It's like, well, you know what? We've heard band like Suicide Silence do clean vocals, but we've heard Die Art is Murder not going to do, you know, clean vocals. What about bands who do clean vocals, but need that extra step, you know, need to express themselves only ways that the Cookie Monster could or one of those like scythe things from like Lord of the Rings, you know, those things that are like black and they like oh, yeah. attack those virgins from the, the movie. That's not Lord of the Rings, man. You watch your team of black metal documentaries. <laughs> Get off hate. <laughs> Stop well, it. I want some really bad porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, our first contender on the price of bands that need screaming vocals, Ben Patrick with a classic Bon Jovi. Yeah. Shoot through the hood and you shall dance. You can love yeah, Love it. Exactly. It can work. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, you need to reimagine the song a little bit. It might need some dirty guitars, and it might need a pig's head being thrown, but it also might need blast beats. It can work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Richie Sambori, a bit of a shred in there or something, a bit of a solo. Yeah, he can do it. Yeah, yeah they're going to need a farm. They need a lot more pigs. Uh-huh. Um, Josh Rigby, he's actually gone with, you can't remember what they were called, but the band is sported Iron Maiden, but then he remembered what they are called. It's the uh, the Raven's Age, Salem Fight. It's one of those songs that kind of, you know, have that metal kind of feel, but then it sing, comes in with a clean vocals, and you're like, that is not what that song needed, right? You want to come in, and it's got to grab you by your nether regions, squeeze them hard enough, not too hard, but hard enough where you can really feel its presence and uh, really enjoy the situation you're in. Yeah, that's cool. Yep, I don't know that. A little thing. bit like family gatherings at the old Marty house, Danny. What can I say? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants cake? <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel Cedarblad, Nitro. You know, uh, guy Michael oh, Angelo. Yeah. Um, he would love to hear a bit of that. You know, a bit of, bit of uh, you know, so the power metal. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of power metal that could benefit from screaming or another vocalist like Iron Maiden would be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any chance, man. Any chance, man. Um, you know, uh, but Dragon Force came out and said that they're going to get a, a, a screaming on the next album. I reckon they were doing some wood. Like, I mean, like you can hear songs about, you know, saws being sung 17 octaves above, you know, low C, but after a while, you just go, man, is there another thing he can do? And, you know, that's what we want to hear from bands, right? Yeah, I mean, every, you know, one does it. A drummer will slow down the tempo, the uh, uh, guitarist will go a bit acoustic, or a bit clean. So having a singer go from, I guess, normal singing voice to like a uh, scream, it's just another dynamic which helps song structures. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it works really well. Is there any kind of bands down the top of your head that have mostly singing, but... Um, a really good scream uh, would actually work when that made me think of them back in the day or something you've heard recently that um, maybe Disturbed maybe might be a good one. I'd love to hear some screaming in Disturbed, man. That would actually, you know... Help out. Get help out the um, you know, Dram's uh, delivery a little bit, but anything yeah. else? Well, I mean, the um, the smart-ass answer would be Opeth and Devin Townsend. So they're, <laughs> they're the smart-assy projects. Um, yeah. Actually, if, if Nickelback wants more credibility, they could enter some screaming in there. That's right, because we've actually talked about that last week where everyone's saying, oh, how heavy that new track is from... Obviously, we've said it's not heavy, but it's heavy for Nickelback. This would push them over into um, a place where maybe not many bands like theirs would uh, dream of going down, Danny. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's funny. We want screaming in songs. It's hard to imagine the song being the same, though. Like, you say things like Bon Jovi or you might even say Kiss bands or that could use a bit of scream. But then you're like, well, you'll be in there, but it won't really fit with anything. It'll just be, yeah. it'll stand out too much. So, unless they add something else to layering the songs, like Van Halen, a bit of screaming Van Halen, or even like that higher pitch screaming, like a Danny Filth type thing, that that could have added into it. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, again, unless, I mean, unless there's something to help 
enforcer back it up. It's just, it's just a bit weird. Yeah, absolutely. Let's so we're talking about things that are weird. Let's move on to our next story with Kiss. They are selling air guitar strings, Danny. Now, whether it's brilliance or complete stupidity on the um, on the mark of uh, Gene Simmons or yeah, it would have been Gene Simmons. Let's be honest. I was thinking the other day, so you go into the shop, right? And you know how, like, you open up a bag of lollies, you pour the lollies into your bag, then you take, leave the bag there, right? Take the lollies out with you. You're going to get done for shoplifting, right? Yes. So, what happens if you got into the, you know, the, the room, you, you opened up a packet of air guitar strings, pour the contents of the air into your bag, leave the thing, then you're like, you're going to have to pay for that. I'm like, for what? What a conundrum. Do you feel like just going out to every store in Queensland? Because it's probably going to sell it, let's be honest. Um, and just doing that and just to seeing what would actually happen. Like, is- you just see the, do you see the guy behind the, the, the uh, counter just kind of look at his life and evaluate all the decisions he made in order to work in retail, right? Yeah. Honestly, that would, would happen. That is, that is quite a conundrum, Matthew. I, I don't think there is a real answer to this question. I, I, you really can't. What, what is it? You, you just steal the bag. Pay for what? Yeah. What are you paying for? The cardboard? The cardboard. Four, $4 American. That's like six bucks Australian you're buying for and cardboard. And you know the worst thing I hate about this the most, about why I look at myself, why I can't even look at the self in the mirror anymore, is that I actually thought about buying one. Yeah. <laughs> is that, hey, wouldn't be funny? Ah, just like, well, why not? It's like a little novelty gift. I'll give someone. And that's what Gene wants you to do, man. Gene, like, gets inside your brain and says, money. If one person out there buys me a string, I won't know whether to invite you to my wedding or I'm going to bring the flowers to your funeral. I haven't yeah. even decided yet. It's, it's, I mean, quite just amazing. Who who thinks, for starters, people can would buy guitar strings? And who thought for a second, hmm, they're actually worth $4? That's that's not even a, actually to be fair. That's not even a dollar a string. That's it's, actually a bargain. It's wait, is it bass guitar? Then it's a dollar a string. Well, it's bass guitar is a dollar a string. Yeah, guitars. I'm spending fifteen dollars at the moment for a pair of six strings, right? So you ripped off that work. So um, you know, I just don't want to. Why don't I just sell the whole air guitar in the packet? Why just stop at air guitar strings? It's just brilliant. I just I don't know why I want to do this for. Why am I on Superman Brothers, know, Dan? These air guitar strings are worth more than gold. You think that bag probably weighs about five grams? And we're four bucks. Oh that, my that, that God. is like what twenty thousand dollars a kilo. If that anyone out there amazing. buys air guitar strings, we're gonna tell you you should have bought gold. Yeah, honestly, make a guitar strings for gold, and you could have done better with your life. But again, that's where we're at right now. F our lives yeah, for bringing this up. That's like that dude who goes to Scotland, catches the Scotland air in a jar, and goes to China and sells them for like forty bucks each, and people buy the stuff. You're like, well, unfortunately, these guys know people are dumb, and they're gonna buy stupid things. So they'll sell you stupid things and they'll take your dumb money. You don't want to talk about stupid things. Let's talk about uh, Bolivia. There's a child in Bolivia that the kids, the kid of this parent couple have called their kid Iron Maiden. Do you honestly think the mother should have ran to the hills and got an abortion, Danny? Ah, it's clever. <laughs> you know, man, I, I'm going to hate that wrath of that child is going to be terrible when he gets older. Oh, seriously, if he has a brother, there'll be blood, man. <laughs> Oh my god! I should have thought of more puns. Um, hold on. You know, made it what funnier though. His second middle name, because I'm not sure if Irons is first, Maiden's his middle name. He also has a third middle name, and then the surname. His third middle name is Duran, so it's Iron Maiden Duran. Ah, uh, it's not even. It's not even works. Everyone's gonna call him Duran. In fact, if the kids got any brains, like, man, my name's Duran. Like, yeah. Iron Maiden's my nickname that my stupid parents gave me. But it's like, it's like they're dead now. You know, know. Didn't they realize it's Duran Duran, not Iron Maiden Duran? So they've just collapsed two bands together, which is just it's just weird now. It got weird. It is. All right, so we'll finish on just on the uh, on a bit of downer. Uh, Kitty bassist Trish Joan has died at age thirty-one. Uh, condolences and uh, loving and wishes to the family. Uh, a bit of b- bad news. Uh, Kitty were massive back in the 
90s, you know, all girl new metal bands, you know, doing their thing and doing it quite well, doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, she came in and out of the band twice, from what I've read. Uh, but you know, still 31 is very young. You know, it's very, very big shame. And um, hopefully, unlike Nick Menza, she gets a mention in the Grammys uh, in memoriam. Speaking of which. Let's talk to our editorial with the Grammys now. There is so much to talk about right now with the Grammys, you know. A lot of metalheads just seem to think it's kind of like the bastion of salvation for award ceremony, like the the true cream of the crop. But we're here to, to uh, give out a new arsehole because I think it deserves several right now. So let's talk about um, what the Grammy is, what it needs, and uh, some, of the f- some of the problems we've got with it right now, Danny. And uh, let's start right from the top, okay? Let's talk about a win. Dave Mustaine's Megadeth, you know, let's call it what it is. It is his child. It is his baby boy. He won. He always wanted to win it. He's gone to every single event that he's been nominated in, from what I understand. And uh, he won the best heavy metal performance. 13th time's a charm. Yep. Uh, For Dystopia. Now, I don't think that's for the album. It'd be for the song because it's performance. Yeah. So, you only get it for like one track that you played right once maybe uh and i don't even know who even voted for it to go in it's it's, it's an anomaly that uh, this would actually kind of exist if you think about it for long and hard enough but the kicker the coup de gras the piece oh. of resistance the icing sugar on this story is that they played metallica's song was it master of puppets yeah, i believe it's master of puppets instead of one of Megadeth's songs now in order for you to understand how bad this is how much of a no no this is you know literally it's like bringing up um you know anything that you shouldn't in a situation that doesn't really need it like a joke at a funeral this is how bad it is right um this is this is the this is the joke at the funeral um dave mustaine was kicked out of megadeth right for a massive drug problem pretty much right he was it was abusing you know his luxuries too much and the band felt basically at the time that they didn't need his services anymore. This was a problem because he was quite a major contributor with the writings, you know, obviously very close to the band, you know, James Setfield, Cliff Burn at the time. And to be torn away from something that he invested so much time and wrote so many uh, songs for, especially for the Kill Em All album, would have sucked, right? Well, it did because he had lots of resentment harvested and it all came out and funny enough, a Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster, Danny. Tell us about it. Yeah, exactly. They interviewed um, Dave about his time in Metallica and kicked out and it's for those reasons he became too abusive and too uncontrollable i'm not sure if he broke i think it was a james hetfield arm or james hetfield broke his arm i think someone's arm got broken because of this yeah um argument so anyway they, they, were, they were interviewing dave regarding his time and him leaving it and he mentioned that he left metallic and he was he's upset about it and they, even to that day when the interview was done or yeah in some kind of monster was done if people came up from street goes oh metallica dude and he goes man that really hurt and he, yeah. he generally was like this really obsessed when people would do stuff like this so for him leaving metallica it wasn't it wasn't pretty and he never really seemed to get over it even like 20 years after the fact he still was quite upset by it you know and that was the biggest thing the all this backstory all this would have been taken into consideration of how the hell they would have messed this up apart from them sharing the same initial at the start of their name of the band there's nothing much in common that you can really do i mean you hear days singing to uh to metallica's maybe there were some riffs in there but it's not it's, it's not even an argument what what am i doing i'm underwriting my comp, my my argument which i don't really need to because these two bands are separate they're the biggest names in thrash metal right now alongside slayer and maybe anthrax could i would i be correct danny well they're the big four generally yeah Yeah, exactly 
And this is this is what you're tr- getting an award for, you know. And grace the goodness of his heart, you know. Um, Davison came out and said about that. Uh, uh, you can't blame him for not being able to play Megadeth, right? So he took it with a bit of uh, wry humor because I guess the uh, the privilege of having your song nominated was big enough. Danny, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he, I think getting back to that point, he was just so happy to win. He he probably just ignored. He probably even hear the music. He would, but what made it worse that he was like sit see the right at the back of it because these are like the pre-awards and they don't show these awards during the normal Grammy viewing because why would we so all these guys sit at the back and all the, the real pop stars sit at the front so he had to walk a good seeing what a kilometer down is the song went they nearly played the whole song that's yeah. how long it took him to get this award and they played it and he, he said he was quite gracious on stage he was thanked his family thanked Jesus thanked his friends thanked the wives etc so again it was quite quite professional when they left etc but what made it really annoying? I mean, these guys who are the house musicians would be quality. Like they would pick the guys who are like composing levels, like orchestra levels. Because apparently, what I understood later that night, Adele was singing a song because she had to do her performance. This is your five uh, Grammy award-winning singer, and within like, the first, I guess, couple of bars, etc., she realised that the key was too high, so she stopped her performance pretty much a couple of bars in told everyone I'm sorry but we have to start the song again and play the song at a different key these musicians were that good that on the spot they actually were able to play at a different key so you have these guys who are that good that they can play a different key on the spot but they can't learn like a a Megadeth song which they knew was coming for like the last what month Metallica and Lady Gaga again another metal obviously Metallica being another metal band and there were technical problems there was a whole entire vocal I think a whole entire thing of James Hetfield's vocals was taken out of it right you know like again another massive blunder it didn't work you know so you had a solid performance from Lady Gaga which I guess for a lot of people would have been um, uh, you know either a really good thing or a really bad thing Uh, then we can talk about the past of this you know the award ceremony Tenacious D have won the same award for a performance and that Dave Mustaine's Megadeth has the lineage and the amount of musical uh, technicality you know and perseverance dedication that comes into playing it and and they're sharing an award you know that was a a band that was doing parodies of these kind of things yeah well back in the day they used to actually have a best hard rock metal album I believe not just performance but actually album like wow whole album they write albums anyway Apparently, one of the winners, I think, in like in the 80s and 1990s was like Jethro Tull. So, he had like a folk progressive rock band. He bet, I think, even bet, I think, Metallica, like Aussie album in the same year. It's just like, really? So, this is the thing. We've got Adele winning five awards and like breaking the award up like Jesus Christ and handing it to different uh, aspiring, you know, musos out there. You know, I'm sure it was a nice gesture. But, you know, my grievance is notwithstanding. It was literally like, we have a potential pop singer who might or might not even write their own songs get a, a chance to be in so many different awards and metal gets a performance, gets literally the only award they're going to get is if you played a song one day of the year and it seems like it went pretty well and it entertained some person out there, um, you're going to get a pat on the ass and a thick shake and not even, maybe not even a thick shake and you, you know, set on your way home. But you know who, Danny? I'm not even. I'm not even mad at the Grammys for doing it. No, really, no. Who are? I'm mad at the metal community. They <sighs> are too. willing to take crumbs every year. They line up. They want the affection of these old codgers who obviously don't know anything about heavy metal. Because heavy metal is by far in the musical genre the biggest stretch that you can play in a playground, right? If you want to have death metal, right, right, you can. And if you want to put it with classical music, jazz. 
um, you know, dance music, whatever, it will always be considered metal, you know? Uh, it's just, metal has a home for everything and it doesn't discriminate. The amount of times I see metalheads like Dave Mustaine, they're like, go to the Grammys and sit there and collect their award, like, oh, thank you for this opportunity. No, like, you got given it for a song and they don't even know who you are. They're not, the biggest band, one of the biggest bands in the world and they don't even give a crap enough to play your song on it. Yeah, I mean, that's fair, man. I mean, it's, uh, I guess we have... I mean, lucky enough that metal has its own awards at like the Golden Glo- Gods, etc. I mean, again, that's kind of also they placate to the big act, the big bands. But look, uh, yeah. <coughs> Lizzie Hale uh, Shredder yeah. Award. Yeah, yeah, you have that, and I Maiden always has to win one award a year, apparently. So, yeah. I mean, we have our own look. We have our own problems with that award. But you're right; they, they do have their own category, which is actually picked by metal followers and subscribers, or readers, or producers, etc. So that's the award you should be taking to heart. The Grammys, like saying, they don't. They don't even give you airtime. They don't even get your songs right, and they don't even treat you with respect. It's and then let's say Nick Menza didn't get a mention in the um again like Nick Menza Megadeth, you know, didn't get a mention in the um uh in memoriam section. So again, you have all these things which again is like a constant like oh really you really have to be that way. Ronnie James Dio should have got a High School Musical tribute, literally like three acts of different people from different movies doing reenactments of his solo stuff, the stuff he did for Black Sabbath, the stuff he did for Rainbow, and everything in, uh, in between. You know, he was one of the most influential members of rock, metal, whatever you call it, even pop to a degree. He did that, you know, some of those records like for kids' cartoons, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, the um, Butterfly Ball. Yeah. Um, anyway, and like Metalheads, like, like a beaten member of a domestic violence uh, family, like, you know... They, they say they hate and they say they get beaten, but they keep going back for more for another punch across the face. They literally go back for more punishment. Yeah. And uh, you know that if someone like Dillinger Escape Plan got that award, they would be like, you know what? F all you guys. Rah, rah, rah. It's like, yay! But they will never win it because of that reason. Yeah, because of that reason. I mean, it's good to see. I mean, surprisingly, some bands like Gojira get nominated for like best. I think that's even best like rock song. It wasn't even like metal. Like So there were some surprising nominations, which was quite... Again, surprising. I'm not sure how to really take it, but it, it, it's interesting to see. But at the same time, like saying, you know, you, they're called the Grammys for a reason. Like, Grammys, it's, it's a lightweight. Like, whenever you ever heard of heavy metal weighing a gram, no, 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 that's bullshit. They, they keep with their lightweight ideas and their lightweight songs and their lightweight lyrics and ideals. So you keep that to them. We'll stick to heavy metal and like Golden God Awards because that's that's epic and that's massive and that's who we are. Amen so, to that, brother. So that's our take on the whole Grammys. We we don't care for the Grammys at all. And you know, I think the Simpsons did it in one of those things. You know, where um, you know, Homer Simpson has to pay the guy to give um, uh, you know, he's could have taken room service with his band and he pays the guy with the Grammy Award. And even he's like, they foreseen in the Simpsons yeah, that yeah. it was going to mean nothing and uh, love him for it. That was back in the early nineties before like really massive commercials selling out. So imagine it now. It's like yeah. Oh. Uh, well, look at Adele. She was able to break apparently a ward in half on stage. Really? I, that, really, that's how quality these awards are. <laughs> I think after trying to eat it, she would have given it to Beyonce, but let's uh, let's just leave it at that. I think we've talked enough it was, about... It was uh, covered in foil. It was not covered in foil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's our rant on the Grammys and why we're not going to attend a Grammy anytime soon. Uh, if, I, if my band won it, I would know exactly what I'd be saying to it, but uh, forewarning, you won't like it. So let's move on to our final feature presentation, Danny. Balfour, the Ukrainian black metal band featuring Cause, Reventail, and ex-Hate Forest members. Uh, this album is called Black Seven Rising. It was released this year, obviously. And much of this band can't actually be found out. Like classic black metal, they keep themselves pretty much under wraps. So most of it is from guesswork and assumptions that uh, makes an ass out of you and me, Danny. 
Yeah, I guess I mean it's hard because all their photos are really grainy and they always wear black makeup. And they're always in forests. It's really hard to find anything in a forest because <laughs> weeds grow and it's always dark and cloudy for some reason. So you can never really see these or find these people. So leprechauns live there. Um, you know, you got no, you got chance of catching malaria. I don't really know what the what the attra- uh, the capture is of forests. You know, it's quite green and yeah, yeah. I mean, but you can't be mad in a forest. These guys are always upset. But now, forest is nice. It's pleasant. It's a nice stroll. Unless you get a, tap, a bear killed your family just before the photo shoot. Why, why are you getting angry? Maybe it's like one of those things that get right. Like, they just normally go through a forest one time as a kid and it, like they touch their ass or something and like tells them they're going to be bad at school. <laughs> I don't want to go to the forest. I want to go to the beach. Why are you in forest? You're going to the forest. So we don't have beaches. It's Norway. We suck. <laughs> well, like maybe you had a bad experience where every time he goes to like a forest. Like a pebble gets stuck in their shoes. Like, oh man, a pebble. Yeah, it's two o'clock man. in the afternoon. Make sure you're back by three before it gets dark. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And don't let the wolves eat your sister again. We don't want to have another one. So, um, yeah, Balfour. We're here to talk about their third full-length release, uh, Black Serpent Rising. A little bit like um, 25, 45 minutes, just under it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Good little healthy album. And I guess that's what we're going to really talk about. <laughs> no more backstory. It's, it's, it's black metal. So Actually, I, to, to make a joke of the name, Balfour is very close to Balfour's Pies and Passes here in Adelaide. So if they ever, if they ever catch on to that, imagine having like a, a, a Balfour frog cake. <laughs> it's like a black and white frog cake. <laughs> that would be the best. It's like Seinfeld had a black and white cookie. Balfour, Balfour. Like Balfour's Balfour black and white cookie. <laughs> like Eat it before they eat you. some at the Grammys. <laughs> And then when you buy into the cookie, like blood comes out of it. Like, <laughs> Everyone can afford. Oh my I think, god! I think there's, I think there's a potential here. I mean, like you have Kiss Egg guitar strings, you might also have Balfour black and white cookies. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the wrists on this album, Danny. Um, it's black metal, so it's gonna basically tear the skin off your bones and uh, leave you happy doing it. So, what do, what do we think about the riffs on Balfour's latest album? Uh, the surprising thing, I guess, for me in like black metal, especially these guys here, is that they actually write strong melodies. I think you you hear melody really, but no, if you actually hear the guitar playing, they actually have like melodies where you actually wow, this actually yeah. is quite quite a catchy part of a song. I was like, this is not black metal. I think I'm gonna giggles. I think you're gonna giggles. Uh, we shouldn't be giggling about these guys. They'll burn down our house. But okay, seriously, they've got surprisingly well. Um, yeah, the song structures are, they, they don't have a really heavy, like chunky riffs that often in songs. It's mostly just um, good melodies. Yeah, it's it really is. They've taken influences from a few different outlets. I think it is in the black metal realm, though most of it is pretty dark and dreary and uh, and it leaves you in quite a, quite a somber place, which I think is the whole point. And, but it's got a tone, like you were saying, with some melodies. And I really feel like they've got a, a stronghold on some of that more like death metal stuff that's popular with bands like Kamal and stuff like that, where it's got a little bit of darkness to it. There's a bit of a... It's still kind of like, like you said, a melodic hook in that, but it's definitely done in, in a minor key, so, and it's definitely keeping you pretty, pretty bummed out. Um, but there are riffs. Let's talk about some riffs that I liked. Um, a Vulture Spell Track 7, great, yeah. great riff, you yeah. know. Very tough. That's what I love to hear from it. The first track intro catches you off guard straight away, or on guard if, you, if you're a classic known to it. Unbound Wrath of Venom. That's That third track, for me, is a black metal just dream. It's got yeah. all those really crunchy riffs that I just... Oh, man, I, I follow them to the end of the world and back I would, you know. Uh, it's just exactly what I want to hear from black metal, and uh, they deliver it. Yeah, no, track three is definitely growing. And yeah, three and seven, definitely um, great riffs in there. And I mean, the drumming, I guess, is, is, again, technical. And 
always drive songs for, I guess, what you expect. I mean, sometimes the drumming can be a bit too repetitive in, in certain songs. It's like literally the same backing for the whole thing. Yeah. That can be a bit bit much. Um, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it looked big. The risk got a big tick, man. It does. It blends quite a lot together with melodic death metal, black metal, a bit of thrash and stuff like that, death metal. But uh, on the whole, um, quite quite a good mix of wrists that were quite, quite tough and uh, ready to go. There were a couple of times that I did find uh, in certain tracks like track four and stuff, there were, there were a couple of passages where we were quite slow and... Um, yeah, that's unfortunately when it comes to it gets a bit doomy and uh, it's really hard for me to be engaged for a long process with that especially with so much uh, tough riffs going on and stuff like that but it adds to an experience I guess and I won't fault them for adding a, another layer uh, just to my ear sometimes it's very it's a very fine line you know yep and then about three or four of the songs actually have guitar solos which again are like lots of albums we've been hearing lately have actually well structured guitar solos yeah, and yeah. They, actually, they actually fit two songs and they keep with the flow and the momentum of songs. They don't just yeah. come out of nowhere and just go fast. So moving on to vocals, Danny, with a wrist being a big tick, uh, this is definitely an interesting mix. It's pretty much this slight, uh, very dark screams for most of it, some beckoning growls, classic from that kind of style. But there's also some of those throaty singing ones that you get from those like uh, very epic movies, you know, um, or like Clear Instinct video games and stuff, you know, that... Yeah, you know, that kind right. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like like if you were blowing into a massive pipe and yeah. it's like, <laughs> like we, we try to play the didgeridoo. No, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm black metal. <laughs> um, but there's also some very somber and very flat singing in the album. Daddy. Uh, yeah, I mean, this phrase, there's one song we actually has shows a little bit of range. I think that was either seven or eight. So they try to show a little range. I'm not sure if it's the same dude or someone else. Uh, they try to mix it up, like they have the chanting in it and they have like the yeah. quiet talk. Something which is really unique. They had like, um, like, I feel like tribal African female chanting on the songs. Yeah. And I thought that was quite a nice surprise because actually it fit into the um, the the drumming they try to do as well in it, the tr- tribal drumming. So it actually married quite well. So that was quite nice to see a bit of a, a daring. Yeah, I hated a little bit something like this on one of the other albums. Uh, Jeez, close to this one. Let me talk about hate for a little bit while we go back to sucking Balfour's uh, penis. Um, you know, they did the thing. They had this, like, for one of their tracks, they intro with some tribal drums and these, like, it sounded like these Amazonian almost or Greek goddesses just beckoning these beautiful, like, chords at the start. And it went for, like, maybe 10 seconds. But what a way to start an intro. It crashes you in, like, in your imagination straight away. It puts you in a mood for a certain song. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, I mean, going back to the vocals, they are pretty typical black metal sounding and styling and does look well. and actually does it well though like some black metal guys i just can't stand because it's, it's a bit too uh, i don't know just the, the tone I mean, it's funny the tone is wrong but this guy actually is okay he's pretty good yeah i get that way with Jimmy sometimes with shagrath uh just hear that vocal scream and i'm like eh, I'm, not, I'm not digging it but you know there's some, some guys i really like and this guy's one of them diversity now danny you know we're loving the vocals and riffs uh this is a big mix you know i've heard some black metal records and uh not as many i'm not very familiar with it with a lot of other people um, but this adds, uh, a, just as a listener that likes a lot of metal, you know, this is a cool bunch of different riffs, different ideas, vocal styles, uh, pacing of songs, pacing of, of stuff. It's just kind of big melting pot, a little bit like what the band we heard last week for different reasons. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, most of these songs are around the five-minute mark, so they have the the time to be creative. And again, yeah. the, the songs aren't long just for the sake of being long. Again, we just, you know, I'm going to give credit, like a couple of albums we've been hearing lately, they actually are well-structured songs, but... Going back to Balfour, you're right. They do 
different tempos. Again, you have the different singing styles, which gives the different emphasis on certain songs, certain parts of songs. Solos are added in when need to. It's not just we have to put a solo on every song. Um, the synth is always a winner. Synth always gives you that extra dynamic yeah. and feel and helps you helps other instruments breathe a bit by having that feeling in there. So you're right, a lot happens in this, I think. The, the drumming uh, does vary in the songs, um, from song to song. Sometimes it can be a bit... A bit repetitive in some parts but most of it is um at least different and guitar work is again quite imaginative at times yeah it's um it's a real treat you know it does exactly it gives you the exact same feel you want to hear from this kind of record you know it's it's no nah, it gives you a lot like those melody death stuff like in the middle of track one for example you know that's the thing you listen you can listen to the track and then talk about how it kind of goes through emotions and different ideas and it's it's pretty engaging you know um it's uh, it's something you can li- listen to in a cold, dark room and listen to it, but it's also something you can listen to the car and appreciate, you know? It's definitely not one of those albums where you have to be a certain mood or a certain time for. Mm. It's an album that you can put on and enjoy and really uh, appreciate uh, just some different styles, you know? Albeit, it probably helps if it's raining, which it probably does <laughs> where they come from, uh, you know, at the 12 months of the year, but... Um, so listen to it in the shower, kind of help, <laughs> with, with the lights off, yeah. <laughs> get, get your mates to come around, just kind of splash a bucket of water <laughs> at you every three seconds. It's like Death really metal bummy. ice bucket challenge. <laughs> See, this kind of tune, you know, you bummed up and I get bummed out enough yet, and they're like, no, I'm like, here's another bucket of water. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just pee in your ear for a bit, you know, really, really piss you off. Yeah, that's a great friend, yeah. <laughs> but if they want you to enjoy the CD, they'll do <laughs> yeah, these okay, things, yeah, sure. right? So there are some standard tropes. So they they do that thing where they go heavy into the chorus and the pre-chorus, etc. And then middle of the song they'll cut back and strip back, and then they'll build up again to the ending. So it, it, I mean that's standard with dynamics there. And they also do that thing where the choruses they keep building up with like the key change thing, like dun 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 dun, and then cuts back down again. So I mean they're they're a couple of tropes which you can't expect this black metal album. So yeah, oh, but look, it's again, good. Yeah, it's good though. It's yeah. good. Like they kind of keep a. Uh get all those things together you know and it gets a new sound for it which i haven't actually heard before and i really really like it hey i might be ripped off from another band uh but i don't know i've never heard of them so like balf was an innovator to me so we'll move on to the uh, grooves and this is a black metal record but it has things that are groovy about it you know it's not just an onslaught of just a white noise that's gonna just shred it's basically like the only thing that shreds more uh better than that is the thing you use for cabbage it's literally like unreal excellent man that's that's great, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're right, groovy wise. Yeah, it's not that you're gonna have like really groovy bass solos or like um, interesting drum beats, but there are parts where you definitely will tap your head to it. The feel was created with the use of like this the singing and the uh, synthesizer in the background, so you have parts where you do get the feeling to it. I mean, there's of course there's always parts where you really want to rock out and listen to it like full blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know generally, I yeah, it's got uh, the drums do provide it, but I think that sometimes it actually builds around the guitars. Where the guitars have the groove and the drums is going to do its thing, you know? So the groove doesn't necessarily come from the drums, which is kind of unusual, you know? It comes from different instruments or different vocal lines and stuff. It's really, uh, it's really well constructed, man. There's a lot, I could tell a lot of thought went into like kind of culling certain songs out or or getting certain songs in or certain ideas to thrash out or popping them in to, to make it work. So um, yeah, the grooves are there. It's not like a agreed metal album thrash metal in that sense yeah. but um no nah, it does enough where the songs like track three and four for me so um that Un- unbound wrath of venom or heroes of the fall uh yeah uh really cool you know it's, it's got that even like the vulture spell those are the groovy kind of stuff you know loved it a lot a lot of fun with it so um i guess we can just kind of put a bow around this with production and, and see how we go with it yeah we'll go back to the old production yeah again you can hear it danny that was a big positive it is black I metal. I did hear it. It wasn't the worst recording I've ever heard. I mean, again, it's black metal, so it's not the crispiest of like um, songs. It wasn't like 
a legion from as the worst because it's overproduced but it wasn't you know like early i guess what emperor or something where it sounds like it's recorded through a sock then down a tunnel or something <laughs> yeah yeah a tunnel that's in a another tunnel on the moon you know <laughs> on the moon. yeah so um, it, it, yeah i mean you're not going to get ultra clean christianity but you, you get enough to get what you hear from it i guess these guys always want to go for mood and feel and having something overproduced i guess kind of takes away from what they're trying to create exactly right and that's why i liked it It sounds authentic and that's what you exactly want not every album needs to sound clear and crisp like it's done in a uh, pro tools workshop this one album was definitely was done with a lot of heart and a lot of um thought and it comes across in all, all sense of the album it, it really is a great album um it, the only problem is obviously because of this style is only going to reach a certain amount of market but i think that the market it's going for should be right at the top and those people should buy it yeah no definitely i think it hits all the right notes if you're a black and death metal fan um see the thing is that we reviewed dark tranquility last year and your biggest grievance was that it was so sad and so like morbid and stuff like much, that but yeah. that was a more for me more engaging because it has more of a i can see it establishing more of a popular fan base which it has you know it kind of has that chord structure or just playing style that that can kind of resonate with a larger crowd I think this however I can't see it resonating with a bigger crowd just it should but um, I think it's niche market and I think it should be on top of it yeah no definitely right yeah yeah exactly right. I mean, this is not really sad because at least this I mean yeah it's not really a sad song I mean I know it's done in minor key but there's aggression in the voice. There's not like a somberness in, in the singing. and the, um, They can be though. Oh yeah, they can be. That's, that's true, yeah. But and at times the drumming is like always driving it forward at majority of the times the guitars. Actually, the guitars, they're not heavy. They're more melodic like we're suggesting. But yeah, it's not, yeah, it's different to Dark Tranquility, of course, for, for my ear. Yeah, there were times when it goes into like a real evil sound. But generally I found that it was a mood album and, uh, and they must have been really bummed. I don't know. This is the thing that this kind of band is like, what did you go through in life that, distorted your way of the world so much that I would want to buy your album. Like, literally, how much would have changed if they did get that bike for Christmas? Like, it's just unreal how much things can be different, hey? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like you said, there's a couple of black metal documentaries out there. One is that this music reflects our atmosphere and our environment. In our environment, it's dark or rainy for nine months of the year. So I, I can see yeah. why Australia doesn't have a prominent black metal scene because the environment itself isn't one to attribute to its... You know, it's, it, we definitely have a, a style here in Australia, but yeah, you can see why it's like, well, it doesn't rain here hardly ever. It's mostly dry. So we can't really be bothered to write songs about rain. So yeah, it's uh, it's more happier, I guess. But in saying that, Balfour, cheers, man. Great, great album. Black, uh, so yeah, Black Serpent Rising. Another good album, Danny. Great album, yeah. almost. Oh, I yeah. guess. Great album, yeah. Yeah, good to very good. Yeah, yeah. so, wow, this is weird. I'm not usually used to listening to good albums back to back. I know. Normally, oh, we, no, we need terrible. something like Volby to kind of like make us feel about how we don't, you know, we, we want to pay someone out again. Um, good or be crashed when Suicide Silence is reviewed. Oh, my God. This is where we gain or lose all our fame, our fame base. You know, we keep them on for another week. Uh, we're going to review it, guys. We just have to. Uh, it's just something that we need to talk about. We need to express our... Because uh, to be honest, I, don't, I haven't really gotten too much Suicide Silence. So this will no. be kind of like dipping our toes into it, I guess. Definitely. Why not? With the most controversial album, it's going to be uh, fun. But that won't be for another couple of weeks. So with that, that brings us to the final part of our segment and show for this evening. It's been a absolute blast this week. A lot of a lot of good times, Danny. A lot of jokes to be shared and a lot of tears to be had. Uh, mostly mine, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. It definitely has been, Matt. I've I've enjoyed our times, and as like they say, moving not backward, forward. I bite down. 
You're so predictable, man. You and your death references. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I am Super Metal Brother Dan. And just remember, it's just the curl of the bell, just the way of the world. Why, why? Why, why? <laughs> <laughs>